Hello and welcome to the DOE Digest, a podcast from the New Jersey Department of Education. I'm your host, Ken Bond. The DOE Digest is a platform for information exchange in which the department highlights the work being done by transformative educators around the state. This podcast is one of the ways that we utilize our digital platform to help strengthen teaching, leading, and learning, and increase educational equity for the 1.4 million students across New Jersey. Thank you for joining us. Hello, and welcome to the DOE Digest. I'm excited today to be talking about reflections on remote education. We're going to be hearing from one of my colleagues here at the Department of Education, as well as listening in on voice memos from educators from throughout the state. Before we jump in, though, I'd like to congratulate Dr. Repolette for a successful tenure at the Department of Education here in New Jersey. He's moving on in his career to a new venture, and we are excited for what the future will hold. I'd also like to say that I'm excited for the new interim commissioner, Kevin Demmer, to lead us through this current context and into the summer and the new school year. Another note for listeners, especially for those who join us regularly on our hashtag NJEdPartners Third Tuesday Twitter chat, is that this Twitter chat, which will be on July 21st, 2020, is going to have a guest moderator, Corey Radish, who I'm going to be interviewing during this next segment. Corey regularly attends our Twitter chats, and I'm so excited to have him join all of you in this capacity. And I plan to be back in August to to talk about whatever topic we tackle. As you listen to today's episode, pay attention to the number of times collaboration and teamwork come up. We here at the Department of Education believe that educator collaboration is at the core of success of educational institutions. Yeah, hello, um, my name is Corey Radish. I am a continuous improvement specialist for the Office of Comprehensive Support. So can you tell me a little bit about the educators that you work with in the Office of Comprehensive Support? You're in the central region, correct? Yeah, that is correct. I work with educators from across the state, and I got to say, I work with amazing people. You know, the work that we're doing in our office to try to help with a little bit of school turnaround and increase performance and at the same time navigate all the nuances of COVID-19 and and other things going on in society, the educators have, have responded in such a way that's inspiring. A lot of times, the work that we're doing, we work with a lot of Title I schools, There's a perception out there about what goes on in in these buildings, but I can tell you that the educators and the students of these buildings are incredible. They have a passion that that burns really brightly for assisting and working to ensure that all kids are getting the education that they need, tending to all their social emotional needs as well. I know that you meet with a group of educational leaders in the counties that you work with. And could you just tell me a little bit about some of the reflections that they've shared about their time as the school year has come to an end and they reflect on remote education and what it's meant in their context? Yeah, it's a great question. I think that like a lot of us, there's there's a lot of there was a lot of apprehension. There was a lot of comments of building the railroad tracks as the train was coming. But I think in all of that chaos created some amazing moments that I've that I've heard from educators across the state. Uh, the increased collaboration that has gone on uh, is unprecedented. 
and educators and leaders in the field are looking to transfer that collaboration into our return, uh, whether that's a hybrid return or you know full-fledged in our schools, because the collaboration has led to so many possibilities for student learning. Some of the other reflections that I've heard is it, put, it created a movement of educators getting out of their comfort zone. So we know a lot of times in education, change is difficult. Unfortunately, COVID-19 came about. We found out that we can do certain things that we never did before. And I think that leaders and most importantly, the teachers that I speak with, they're excited about the possibilities of how that will transform teaching and learning as we get into the 2021 school year. What examples have you seen of collaboration between educators and educational leaders? Sure, so I can speak specifically for our role. We, we work with schools to help create annual school plans. There are many components to those annual school plans. So as part of, even in their uh, embedded in PLCs, is virtual meetings in development of a plan, creating goals, creating action steps, uh, identifying root causes that sometimes when we're in schools are a little bit limited, uh, you know, due to the time constraints. Um, working with schools at grade levels, uh, grade levels having more meetings than they've had in the past, uh, to really analyze some of the, the student work that was taking place uh, during, uh, during the remote learning sessions and discussions around assessment and, and having those open dialogues really created uh, some roadmaps for you know transformation as we, as we move forward. You know the biggest thing that I think comes about not only just with the technological skills people have gained and adapted to is the understanding that um, collaboration is one of the key drivers in in school improvement and increased student growth. You know, when we go on as from our central regional team, we sometimes have cohorts as big as 100, 100 different schools from across the state. And it created this opportunity for dialogue of practitioners that we probably don't get as much as um, we would like to do. So in our in our department, we had a 10 week build for these annual school plans. And educators from around the state were comparing barriers, they were comparing successes and comparing opportunities that would be expanded into their school openings. That's, that's really an excellent point around collaboration and how a lot of times this has forced folks to think outside the box and think about their time and ability to get together with grade level partners and grade level teams and building teams in ways that they might not have before. So thank you for bringing that up. You know, what words of encouragement do you have for folks as they move from this year of, of remote instruction into the restart and recovery phase of, of education as we move into next school year? Well, I mean, I think the first thing is to realize that they're they're not alone. Um, you know, utilizing that collaboration that we just spoke about, and understanding that even uh, the resources at the NJDOE, we're here to assist and supply any any resources that we can to individual districts and or schools. I think that the biggest thing that we have to remember is that our kids. There's going to be some situations where. Uh, 
you know, students are going to be reluctant and we just have to be mindful as well as our teachers, right? We have to understand that our teachers are also going to have some of those same apprehensions. So the encouragement would be, let's make sure that we really tend to the social, emotional, the humanistic side of our work and working with young people, as well as, you know, understanding the needs of our, of our educational staff around the state. And then, and then the last thing for encouragement would be, we're not going to fix everything in, in a second, in a flash. It's going to take time, just like anything that gets implemented. So as you work towards our new normal, just take it day by day. Take it sometimes even hour by hour. And don't think about the long-term results, so to speak, but worry about each moment in time where you can really make that impact for leaders on their teaching staff and teaching staff on their students. Uh, with equity always at the forefront. And obviously that's became a huge discussion when we looked at devices uh, being in the hands of our students across the state. But maintaining that that framework around equity in, in devising all the things that we're going to do moving forward, just to ensure that, you know, all students are getting the things that they they need and that they deserve. So, you know, if we, we keep that as a focus and when we take it step by step, I think we could do great things going into the 2021 year. I want to again thank Corey Radish for joining me for this interview. I thought that it was impactful and had a lot of great information as we reflected together on all the amazing things that educators did this school year. Again, please join Corey on July 21st at 8.30 p.m. for the hashtag NJEdPartners Twitter chat, which he will be guest hosting this month. Now I'd like to transition to some educator recordings. I asked a few educators from around the state to send in recordings of their thoughts and their reflections on the school year. And I got some amazing responses that I'm very excited to share with you. First up is Karen from Washington Township Public School in Gloucester County. She's a seventh grade science teacher. I felt that distance learning was both challenging and rewarding. Trying to keep our middle school students in mind and the challenges that they were facing at home was one of the hardest parts of planning lessons. But I tried to have some fun too. We had two sessions through the Skype a Scientist program. We connected with Kelly Moran, a geologist and oceanographer from Louisiana State University, and Alex Garcia Putnam, an archaeologist from the University of Wyoming. Students' questions showed a high level of interest in these presentations. We also played a summer-themed Kahoot challenge with our team of students and teachers. The students enjoyed the interaction and the competition. And at the end of the year, we created an online escape the room challenge. It was a great end of the year activity. I think my students were provided with a quality program. I missed the face-to-face -face interaction with the kids, but technology allowed us to connect with them in other ways. And we stayed safe and healthy. Hi, my name is Mrs. Cindy Wiggins. I am a fifth grade inclusion teacher in Glassboro, New Jersey. My co-teacher is Mrs. Heather Rittman. When we left school on March 16th, we hit the virtual ground running. We had a plan and the plan daily was for us to consistently think outside the box to help promote distance learning to the best of our abilities. Heather and I planned two amazing virtual writer celebrations. Students had an opportunity to publish and share their favorite piece of writing before live virtual audience via WebEx. Well, what's a celebration without music and dance? We were able to showcase the talents of our fifth graders by having some play a musical instrument and even sing. 
I actually, on the last day of the celebration, encouraged all of our virtual audience to join me in the cubic shuffle and the electric slide. It was an amazing sight to see online. The special highlight was the presentation of our book release. Every student received the personal copy of our class book. Distance learning did not stop us. Heather and I persisted until we succeeded. Hi, my name is Heather Rittman. I am from the Thomas Evo School, where I am a fifth grade general education teacher in a co-taught inclusion classroom. Two goals that my co-teacher, Cindy Wiggins, and I had going into distance learning were to, one, create a sense of normalcy for our students, and two, to provide connection despite the isolation. One of the ways that we sought to achieve this was to maintain our quarterly writer celebrations during the third and fourth marking periods. We decided to go virtual and we invited students, staff members, and families to join in a WebEx meeting. There, the students were able to share their writing out loud. They were able to receive encouraging compliments from guests in real time. The guests could attend from home or work. We had parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, and more able to attend. And really holding these culminating celebrations, I believe helped to maintain some of the sense of community and student pride and achievement, despite the challenges that we face during distance learning. Hi, my name is Taylor Macholsky and I'm a fifth grade teacher at the Thomas E. Bowe School in Glassboro, New Jersey. This has definitely been an interesting year, but I'm very fortunate to work in a school that can be flexible on the fly. This is the case for many of us during these trying times as teachers. There were so many websites to help my class continue our learning, but one that stuck out the most for me was Flipgrid. We used Flipgrid to record ourselves having class discussions about our read aloud, delivering our opinion speeches to the class, and at the end of the year, we were able to use Flipgrid to host a virtual field day, which the kids absolutely loved. I believe virtual learning has helped me become a stronger and more knowledgeable teacher, and I know this will change the way I teach moving forward. Allison Shelley, Kingsway Regional School District, 11th grade, special education English teacher. Teaching virtually was an absolute challenge, especially in the beginning, without a doubt. In this uncertain time, the kids were scared, and having that positivity on the other side of their computer screen made a difference. And as teachers, we needed to be flexible. If a student needed more time for an assignment, we absolutely gave it to them. And also praising the effort matters. Anything that they turned in, you said that that effort mattered. And that makes a difference. Hello, my name is Ryan Stickel and I'm a math teacher at Kingsway Regional Middle School. Virtual learning was something that I never thought I'd have to do. Converting a math class to be completely online was very challenging. With the help from YouTube, recorded videos that I did myself for my students, teacher resources online, and one-on-one -on -one instruction, I was able to be successful. My success could not have happened without the support from my colleagues and my administration. They motivated me to keep on going and to be the best teacher that I could possibly be. My students were very successful during this time and I miss them dearly. I wish them all the luck next year and I hope I gave them all the tools that they will need to be successful. I will definitely be taking some of the things that I learned during this virtual experience and applying them to my classroom for years to come. 
Hi, my name is Sarah Reynolds and I teach at Kingsway Regional School District. I teach uh, English at the high school and this past year I had 10th and 12th grade. This was actually my first year teaching and it was definitely strange to end in a virtual way. That's something I've never conceptualized in my teacher prep programs or any of my thinking about my life as a teacher, but it did seem to open up a lot of discussions for me with colleagues and with others in the education profession surrounding different ways that our instruction and especially our assessment are becoming more skills-based and are kind of needing to be reworked. And I think that there's interesting discussions ahead and really important discussions surrounding what we do in school, what is really the essential cornerstone, how are we really going to prepare our students uh, for their future. And I think virtual learning has opened up those discussions for everyone. Hi, my name is Laurie Regan. I am a third grade teacher at Tollgate Grammar School, a part of the Hopewell Valley Regional School District. When reflecting on my experience with remote learning, I found that consistency and communication were most helpful. Consistent daily routines helped build students' independence and confidence with daily tasks. Communicating with students each day through morning messages and face-to-face -face live instruction supported students not only academically, but socially and emotionally as well. Varying my communication style with parents was also proven to be beneficial. They're receiving a lot of emails at this time, so I found that sometimes just picking up the phone or offering to host a Google Meet for parents at the end of a week was very meaningful. I hope these are helpful for you too. Have a great summer vacation. Hi, my name is Steven Lurch. I am a middle school special education math teacher for Wildwood Middle School in the Wildwood Public School District. What I was most worried about during this time and when we first realized that we were going to be remote learning and teaching from home was my own personal students who uh, were in a, a sixth grade resource math class. My students need a great deal of structure throughout the day. So once we developed a schedule, um, you know, we were given our schedule by our administration team and we got the schedule out to our students and to our parents and we got the proper technology to our, into our students' hands. Now, my students need you know, repetition and they need to, to have the same thing going on every day. This was tough. This was very tough for them to get used to. And it was tough for myself too. I mean, we are so used to being in class together. You can tell right away if a student's not having a great day and you can assist them in that way. But it was tough because students didn't always want to go on the camera and you know show their face. So not being able to see them smile and everything right away, that kind of, you know, that was tough. But once our structure got into place and we set our times, it started to flow a little better. I know there were a lot of interactive whiteboards and things like that that you could use, but Jamboard was all housed in my Google Drive when I would complete the work and save it. So Jamboard gave me a way to show my students examples. And with our, our math program, everything's right online. So I was able to pull snippets right from their actual workbooks, put them on my Jamboard and give them examples with what we would actually be doing in school. Later on during this pandemic time, I, I was able to go to a, a professional development for Pear Deck, which was an add-on extension for Google Slides, which basically made the slides live. So once I had this technology, I had my Jamboard, I had Google Meet. Basically, I took 
everything that we would do normally in the classroom and developed it into what we were doing virtually. So I would have a do now every day. I would move on to my guided practices during, you know, I would use my Jamboard as examples and I would have my students do their work on Pear Deck. And this gave me an opportunity to see their work live. Now, when the independent practice came around, that was even better because, again, I could see their live work, I could see what they were doing, they could ask me questions just like we would in the classroom, and basically it was straight formative assessment. You know, they would go through the work, ask questions, and I could provide the feedback to them right away. So using all these different technologies definitely helped my students one, keep the structure of a normal school day with our do now, our guided practice, independent practice. I would have an exit ticket. It let me differentiate where if a student was doing really well with um, a topic, I would unlock the slides and they could go through and do the work as, as they would go through it. If they understood, they flew. If they were struggling, I would be able to see that right away and then I would do more individualized work. So as tough as it was not being in the classroom, using the technologies that were provided to me and that I was becoming familiar with, really let my students keep their structure. They were learning new material, just like we would be during class. So with all of this craziness that's been going on, my students still were able to get a little something out of it. So for the future, I just really hope that as educators, we're given the opportunities to continue working with various technologies, given professional development on how to use it, and you know, just given opportunities to, to take a look at different technologies that may help us just in case something like this happens again. So thank you so much for having me and have a great day. This is Alamilu Sundaram Walters. I am an ESL teacher in the Mount Laurel School District and some uh, words of encouragement I have for you are just to know that we are all experiencing this together. You are not alone. Just remember that we're all feeling the same way. If some of you are on any form of social media, you can always uh, message or reach out to educators on Twitter or just uh, call a friend and just know that there's always, there's always someone there for you. Stick with it and just take care of yourself. Bye. Hi everyone. My name's Leanne Matthews and I'm a K-12 ESL instructional coach in Bridgewater Raritan. I just wanted to say that I'm so inspired by all of you. One of the things that I've noticed the most is how much everyone is supporting and sharing on social media and in their districts. It's really inspiring to see everyone reaching out, connecting, and just trying to help one another, whether it's sharing resources or different websites or just the general information. I'm hoping that this level of collaboration and support will continue even when this pandemic subsides. I wish you all the best. I hope that you continue to collaborate and make the time to build relationships with each other through Google Meet or through Zoom. That's something that I've found to be very beneficial with my staff 
and also with my families and students in the districts. Stay safe. I'd like to thank everyone who took part in this episode, all of the educators who took the time to record voice memos for us to hear, and to Corey Radish as well for joining me and having such a thoughtful dialogue. I also want to thank all of you out there in New Jersey who have made this year something in which students are still able to engage in learning, they're still able to experience equitable opportunity, and they're still able to engage socially with their fellow students. You all inspire us at the department to continue our work. We look forward to continuing to connect and engage with you about educating the 1.4 million students around the state and hope to talk to you on the hashtag NJEdPartners third Tuesday Twitter chat. You can subscribe to the podcast channel for DOE Digest through your iPhone, in the Apple Podcast app, or wherever else you listen to podcasts so that you can get new episodes when they are released. Also, please leave us a review through the Apple Podcast app on your iPhone. It is the best way to help new listeners find us. Neither the New Jersey Department of Education nor its officers, employees, or agents specifically endorse, recommend, or favor views expressed by those interviewed. Discussion of resources are not endorsements. Thanks so much for listening.